Keep your radio tuned to the ethereal waves of magic with magic and the law of attraction with Madame Pamita. Episode 43. everyone, I'm your host, Madam Pamita, and you're listening once again to Magic and the Law of Attraction, the podcast where you'll learn how to transform your life in magical ways to make it the very best that it can be. Welcome to episode 43 of Magic and the Law of Attraction. Do you need a book of shadows? Well, whether you call it a book of shadows a book of shadows and light, a grimoire, a spell book, or the book. A book of shadows is often a misunderstood concept in magic and witchcraft. Are they required? Should you buy one? Should you make one? How do you even get started? Well, in this episode, I'll share the secrets of making an amazing book of shadows and give you a ton of inspo to get you writing, drawing, and tapping into your own personal magical power. Before we get started with that, though, I've got a fun announcement to share with you. I've got some news. Um, The February Leo Full Moon Love Bath Spell Kit and Workshop goes on sale January 25th through 31st. Spiritual baths are foundational magic when you're learning about cleansing, healing, empowering, and blessing yourself. And in this spell kit and workshop, you'll learn how to create a bath spell from scratch. Order this spell kit and you'll not only get everything you need to create a gorgeous bath spell, but you'll be able to join me live for a Zoom hands-on workshop or you can watch the recording after. And I'll teach you how to make baths of all kinds and in particular, how to make a self-love bath for confidence, empowerment, and attraction. And if you are so inclined, you can add that bath to your magic for your March Pisces New Moon Heart of Love spell kit. So you can do it by itself or you can add it to the new moon candle spell. The full moon is a super powerful portal for magic and transformation. And each full moon throughout this year, 2022, the moon is going to be in a different size sign. So each full moon, we have a potent timing for exceptional spell work. This ancient magic is meant to bring powerful and positive changes into your life. You don't need to have any magical experience. However, if you have a basic understanding of magical principles, it's very helpful. People of all spiritual paths are welcome to participate. And if you order that Leo full moon bath spell and workshop, you'll get a deluxe spell kit that includes special magical bath salts, herbs and oils and access to the live zoom full moon workshop with me on february 15th and you'll also get a recording of the full moon workshop to watch later or to download and keep forever plus you'll get lifetime access to the full moon and new moon spell group which is a super active very positive very supportive private online forum where you can share your spells with a supportive group of magical practitioners. If you'd like more information about this, go over to fullmoonspell.com and that will take you directly to the Full Moon Spells web page on the Parlor of Wonders website and you can find out about ordering it. It all goes on sale on January 25th through 31st. So don't forget, mark your calendars and get that Leo full moon love bath spell kit and workshop. It's going to be a lot of fun and you'll join me and we'll have a great time together. So let's jump into today's topic and talk about 
what the different kinds of magical books are and why you might want to start with one right away. So first of all, let's talk about the terminology. What is a grimoire? So a grimoire is a book of spells or a spell book. Now, you know, if you go into your local bookstore, your local metaphysical store, you're going to see a whole section on spell books. There might be love spells, there might be prosperity spells, general magic spells, spells in witchcraft. You'll find all kinds of books with spells in them. So it sort of seems like, well, is a grimoire just a spell book? Yes and no. So every spell book potentially could be a grimoire, but there's something a little bit different about a general spell book and a grimoire. A grimoire is more like a textbook of spells. So it's teaching you how to do magic. You know, so not every spell book, some spell books are recipe books, right? They tell you how to do things. They tell you how to do the spell and sort of do this step, step one, step two, step three, and so on. That doesn't necessarily make that book a grimoire. A grimoire is more of a book that is teaching you how to do spells and is showing you, yes, there are recipes and this is how you do it, but it's more for your own knowledge and your own learning. Now, a grimoire can be written by someone else, and we have lots of examples of grimoires that are written by other people. And it will give instructions on how to cast spells and create charms or make amulets and talismans or do divination, for example, or summon spirits. Grimoires really have existed since ancient times, and we see examples of them in Egypt, Mesopotamia, and Greece, for example. Jewish mystics um, also have written, you know, documents that are grimoire documents. We also started to see really, though, grimoires appear and be titled as grimoires in the 1700s, and there would be a magical book that someone would write with spells, often under a pseudonym because they didn't want to get in trouble for writing down spells or be accused of witchcraft. But when we started to see, like in the 1800s, we really started to see these um, become more and more available. So examples of 19th century grimoires that you might have seen, you might have seen a book called The Key of Solomon or the Sixth and Seventh Books of Moses or a book that we have at our shop, The Black Pullet. The Black Pullet is a very famous grimoire. So these were books that gave spells and magic, but more like giving you lessons, more like a textbook quality to them. So as we know, people have been doing magic and practicing magic since before written history. So why are there not more written grimoires out there? Well, you know, there's lots of reasons why there aren't more written grimoires. First of all, most people that were practicing magic and most people in general were not necessarily literate. You know, in our olden times, most people, you know, there were people that were well-educated and learned how to read and write, but the average person might not have been literate or been able to write down the recipes. They would pass them on from generation to generation, but usually they were teaching people, showing people, initiating people, and showing them how to do magic. Books were also very expensive up until actually, you know, the 20th century. Books were for wealthy people with time on their hands. And most folk magic wasn't done by people who were wealthy and had lots of time on their hands. It was done by people who were disempowered, people who were farmers or agrarian or village people. They were really not people that had the ability or the resources to write a book and then get it published. There was also, as you know, a very chilling effect on witchcraft in Western Europe because of the witch hunts that were going around. So 
for many, many centuries, having a book of magic would have been a very incriminating thing. And so it wasn't to your advantage to have a book of magic. It was much better to learn from someone and have it stored in your head. Even today, there are countries around the world where witchcraft laws are still on the books and witchcraft is punished. So, you know, it's not like we have in the States or in North America where, you know, witchcraft is you can freely practice your religion and and you if you're a, a witch, you have no problem. You can practice. It's not you're, you know, you're not going to get thrown in jail for doing that. But that's not the case in all of, you know other countries throughout the world and certainly not throughout history. So that's why we find there's so few grimoires showing up until maybe starting into the 1800s, the 19th century, and the 20th century. And really, in the latter part of the 20th century is when we start to see books showing up, grimoires showing up. Now, a book of shadows is a little bit different. People use the word book of shadows and grimoire sort of interchangeably, but they are different. So a book of shadows, sometimes called a BOS for short or written out as BOS for short, is a religious text and instruction book for magical rituals. Now, book of shadows sounds like something that's ancient that goes back to, you know, times and immemorial back into the ancient times. But actually, the term book of shadows was only really introduced to us in the 1940s. In the late 1940s, Gerald Gardner, who is the founder of Wicca, the religion of Wicca, invented the term Book of Shadows. What a Book of Shadows was, according to Gardner, was a reference book for a coven. So a coven of witches, which is a group of witches practicing together, they would be initiated into the coven. And part of the initiation was being able to look at and learn from the coven's Book of Shadows. Part of the initiation would be that the initiate would get access to the Book of Shadows, the reference book for the coven, and they would have their own Book of Shadows, and they would copy the pages from the group coven, Book of Shadows, into their own personal one. Once they did that, they could also add their own pages into their Book of Shadows with their own information of what was important to them. Today, those terms, Book of Shadows and Grimoire, are often interchanged. So we don't nor we can say a Book of Shadows and actually mean a Grimoire. A lot of times we think of Book of Shadows as being your personal book of magic, when originally it was a coven's group, a group book, a group reference book that they would use for the coven to give the rituals and the rules and the information and spread that throughout the coven. Now we think of those, both Grimoire and Book of Shadows, as a personal journal where you write down the important magical information that you're learning. You can almost think of it like a textbook that you're writing for yourself. So what kind of information would we find in a Book of Shadows or a Grimoire? Well, first of all, you would write down what you're learning in magic, right? If you, As you're learning your magic, you might find an interesting tidbit of information, and you would write that in your Book of Shadows. Maybe, for example, it's like color correspondences, or maybe it's a spell that you did, or maybe it's a spell that you read about or you learned about. So you could write, you know, what you're learning in magic, your spells, perhaps you're crafting some incantations for some spell work, or petition paper words, or divination techniques, or rituals, or recipes, or correspondences. Any of those things can be included as part of your Book of Shadows. And so we think of this being like your personal journal of your magic and a reference book that you can go back to. So in a minute, I'm going to tell you why I think you ought to have a Book of Shadows and how to create your own. 
But if after listening to this podcast, you still have some questions about working with your own spell book, well, I've got some exciting news for you. There's a way that you can meet me for free and ask me your questions about spells, law of attraction, spirituality, witchcraft, Slavic folk magic, spirits, divination, books of shadows, and anything mystical and magical. Join me on Sundays for the live podcast recording and for the extra bonus content, a live Q&A after the podcast. It's free to join. And all you have to do is be a member of the Spell Squad. And to do that, all you have to do is sign up at spellsquad.com. It takes place every Sunday except for the first Sunday of the month at 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern. If you'd like to see past episodes, you can check them out on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Pamita, or you can listen to the podcast by going to magicandthelawofattraction.com or finding it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. So go ahead over to spellsquad.com and sign up today so you can join the Spell Squad and get a ton of free goodies and join me with a cup of tea and download some deep spiritual knowledge. It's always fun in the clubhouse, and I would love to see you here. So if there are plenty of spell books out there, why do you need a book of shadows? Well, number one, it's personal. You know, what's important to someone else might not be important to you, what's important to you might not be important to someone else. So having your own book of shadows is going to be like a customized textbook that you create for yourself. Another aspect of the book of shadows that I find so incredibly valuable is that by writing down this information, recording this information in some way, you are going to learn more about the topic. You know how it is when you're in school They tell you, take notes, right? Write notes in the class. Because when you write the notes, there's something that happens in your brain that reinforces the information. So if you are copying something down into a book, you are going to remember it better than if you just read it, for example. So it's sort of activating a deeper, richer, more memorable understanding of that topic that you're writing about. There's another aspect that I love about a book of shadows. It allows for creativity. You not only are just copying something down, but you actually may have insights or information and you can add that information to what you're copying, for example. So let's say you were copying, I'll use the example of color correspondences. So we know that color magic is out there. I've got you know, podcast episodes about color magic. There's all kinds in my book, the book of candle magic, there's information about color magic. You can find it in a lot of places, right? But let's say you have some insight about a color and it isn't listed in the list that you're copying. You can add your own insights into what that color could be used for in a magic candle spell, for example. So I love that aspect of the creation part of it. You can get really creative with a book of shadows. You can do drawings, you can decorate it, you can use calligraphy, you can get fancy with it if you want to, but just simply writing it down is going to have such great benefit for you. Not only that, but I think the most, most, most valuable aspect of a book of shadows is that you can go back and look at what you have written. This has great value. Number one, when you write down a spell, for example, you've done a spell, you write down the spell, you do the spell, and it has an amazing result. Let's say a year later, you want to replicate that spell. Do you rely on your memory? 
You don't have to. You can go back and look at what you wrote because you jotted it all down and wrote everything down. So you can just copy that spell and do it all over again and get that same great result again. Another aspect of looking back at what you've written is that it allows you to see how you've grown in your practice, in your spell practice, in your magic practice, in your witchcraft practice. It shows you like, oh yeah, remember when this was really new to me and I didn't know it very well and I was writing it down and now it's second nature to me. That can also be very encouraging and kind of give you benchmarks for seeing how far you've come. Because we always think, oh, I have so much more to learn, right? We always think that. And so this allows you to see how far you've come, and that can be a very encouraging thing. So I think those things in particular can be really valuable about having a book of shadows. Another thing I think is so great is that it's your information. You can, you know what's important to you. You don't have to go thumbing through someone else's book. You can find exactly what you need in your book of shadows because it's for you. You created a textbook for yourself. So it's going to be everything that's so germane, so important to you. And that's so perfect. I mean, I think there's something very, very wonderful about it. So when you're creating a book of shadows, what format can your grimoire or your book of shadows take? Well, Traditionally, it was a handwritten book. So you would just have a journal, for example, and you would write down your information in that journal. It could be a blank book or lined paper or graph paper, whatever, but you would write it down by hand. But um, you can also get very creative with it. You can, um, you know, paste pictures in it. You can treat it like a scrapbook, paste things in it, add things, put stickers in it, draw drawings in it. There's so much that you can do. If that doesn't appeal to you, you can do something else, which is you can have a Book of Shadows binder. So get a cute binder and you have a little bit of an advantage. What advantage does the binder give? Ah, you can organize your pages, right? As you're first starting, you know, you're going to have a page about divination and then you're going to have a page about color magic and then you're going to have a page about herbs and then you're going to have a page about incantations. But after a while, you know, these pages as they're going along, you might want to organize it. And if you have a binder, you can reorder those pages. You can put them in plastic if you want to, or you can just reorder them and you could have them be there in a way that makes it easy to find once you start getting and gathering a lot of information. You can also remove pages or change pages. Maybe you did a page 10 years ago and you're finding out like, oh, there's so much more information. I'd like to redo this page and a binder will give you that opportunity to do that. Um, Another thing that's really good is that you could create, for example, a digital document. It doesn't have to be an actual book, right? Why not create a digital book of shadows? You can type things into a document and put it into a certain folder on your computer. You could also scan pages. You could make drawings and scan them. You could find other things and scan them. You can find things online and, um, you know, copy those, for example. And there's so much that you can do there. I think that the best, though, is when you create it. So whether you're doing it digitally or you're doing it in real life, creating it yourself is going to be more memorable for you and you're going to learn more from that. Now, some people I have seen online, if you go onto Etsy and some other places, that people sell Book of Shadows pages, and those can be very helpful. They're missing the component of you creating it and drawing it and drafting it, but they do have this, you know, they create, some artists have created beautiful Book of Shadows pages, and you can buy those, download them, print them, and put them in your binder and create a book yourself that way. But it becomes a very, very personal, very living sort of thing when you start working with this grimoire, this textbook that you have created for yourself. And it becomes a really, really valuable tool. 
In my book, the book of candle magic, I have a whole section on creating a grimoire for your candle magic. And it outlines like, what are the things you should be or could be recording that are going to be helpful for you? Like, when did you start your spell? You know, when did it finish? Um, What colors did you use? What oils did you use? Um, When did you get a result? I mean, those are all things that you can record in your book of shadows. You might have a book of shadows about tarot where you're jotting down your tarot readings and seeing what the result was. I mean, we call that a tarot journal, but you could call it a book of shadows or a grimoire. I mean, it's still in the same wheelhouse, so it's perfect for that. So when you do it, you know, when you do that, make sure you record your spells so that you can reference them and you can replicate them. Make sure you jot your notes down so that you can go back and go, what was that brilliant idea I had? Oh yeah, there we, there it is in the book. So I really encourage you to start making a grimoire for yourself. Get a journal or binder or create a computer folder where you can put documents and start writing down your magic. What you're learning in magic, you can write down your spells and get into details and show what the results were of those spells. You can create incantations. You can write about divination techniques that you're using or trying and seeing the results that you get. You could do, you know, talking to your spirits, automatic writing. I mean, these are all things that can go into your grimoire. Rituals, recipes, correspondences, all of it can go there. So I really encourage you to get started with one, start working with one, and start jotting down your notes. Who knows? Maybe this will be the beginning of your book that will be published. I mean, It can be a lot of things. So I think this is a great place if you're learning magic to really start to educate yourself in a way that makes you remember what you're learning, builds your skills, and you can go back and see what you did and see how it worked. It's a fantastic, fantastic tool. So if you go on to Parlor of Wonders website, we have a bunch of great journals that are very witchy and very cool that you can use to start your Book of Shadows. So I encourage you to check it out over there. You'll find those under Magical Tools, not under Books. They'll be under Magical Tools. Check out those journals that we have there, and you'll see some amazing books that you can get started with your Book of Shadows if you want to do a handwritten one. So much fun. Well, that about does it for this episode of Magic and the Law of Attraction. If you'd like to get even more info about magic spells, grimoires, then check out the Learn page over at the Parlor of Wonders, where you'll find a ton of free resources, including workshops that I'm teaching, blog posts about articles about magical things, all for free, how-to guides, how-to videos, past podcasts, episodes, and the way to join me live for Zoom for over Zoom for the Magic Q&A Tea Party every Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Just go to parlorofwonders.com and click on the Learn tab to see all the goodies there. I want to say thank you to all the Spell Squad members out there who have subscribed to and shared this podcast with your friends. I want to say thank you to the fabulous folks who have left reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Those reviews really, really help get the word out to the wider world about the podcast, and I really appreciate you taking the time to do them. I want to say thanks to Jill Navarre for production and engineering. Thank you to Manfred Hofer for announcing. And thank you to you for joining me, whether you're here with me live or you're listening to the podcast. I'm looking forward to next week when we'll be answering the question, what is a cauldron spell? Until next time, this is Madam Pamita saying, keep making your life the most magical adventure ever. Too magical.